My guest on the show this week is Phil Bray, a one-time financial advisor who launched a marketing agency for financial advisors. We talk about the lessons he learned from building the Yardstick Agency and the importance of putting together a marketing strategy before diving into communications, something I've been banging a drum about for years. Welcome to episode 173 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and complexity from your marketing strategy. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thanks, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plug me and my guests into your earphones. And thanks for all your feedback from last week's solo show, where I used the TV programme Who Wants to Be a Millionaire to make a specific point about keeping marketing communication simple. Seems that you quite like these shorter solo episodes, so I'm thinking about perhaps mixing it up a bit. So one week we'll have an interview show, and the next week we'll have a solo show where I dive into a simple marketing topic. If that sounds like a good idea, please do get in touch and let me know what you think. This week, though, it's back to the interviews, and my guest is Phil Bray. We chat about why Phil set up his marketing agency to support financial advisors, how he helps his clients find their target market, how he built the Yardstick Agency, the mistakes and the challenges he faced in business, the process he takes new clients through, and how Phil promotes the Yardstick Agency. So let's get straight into that interview with Phil right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Phil, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Phil, today, where are we Zooming each other from? I am in Nottingham, the fantastic city of Nottingham, and I am sat in our new meeting room. We've just moved offices, and we have a new meeting room that is clearly for meetings, uh, but also for video conferences. And makeshift podcast studios as and well, of course. makeshift podcasts, yeah. This is more than a makeshift podcast. <laughs> so for, for meetings, video conferencing podcasts. Yeah, so you've just moved offices, and one of the reasons you've just moved offices is because your business, the Yardstick Agency, is growing really quite fast. And I want to get into that today, Phil, and talk to you about how you made the transition from a financial advisor, which you were back in the 1990s, to creating a marketing agency for financial advisors and wider financial services. But before we get into that, Phil, give the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, where you're going, and basically what makes Phil Bray tick? Okay, so the positive history is I started financial services in 1995, which sounds like a terribly long while ago, 23 years ago, I guess, and did uh, four years as a tied agent, as it was back then, including eight months for a certain upmarket tied agency FTSE 100 organization. Mm -hmm. And having finished with Jay Rothschild Assurance, as it was then, I decided that I wanted to become a, an IFA. So uh, 1999, became an independent financial advisor and did that for another another 10 years. The business that I ran at the end of 2009 was sold mainly at the behest of a, a funder, a, a bank, after the financial crisis. And I needed to do something. RDR was coming along. 
I was getting a bit disillusioned with my life as a financial advisor and wanted a new challenge. So we set Investment Sense up in 2010, and my job was nominally head of marketing. In other words, I needed to make the phone ring with new inquiries. So we set about doing that, worked really, really well, and that business has now transformed into a, a financial planning practice that's actually run in part by my wife. Right. I have no involvement other than the fact that they're a client of the Arctic Agency. Um, and in 2014, wanted to see things from the other side. So I went to the Sense Network as head of marketing. Um, I'd known the guys who run the Sense Network for years and it seemed like a, a good place to be. Did a couple of years there. Really enjoyed my time with the Sense Network. It's a great place to work. But they're in Nutsford. I'm in Nottingham. Uh, and between us is a big car park, otherwise known as the M6. <laughs> and I, it just it just became too difficult in the end so it was time for me to time for me to come back to nottingham phil what was it that frustrated you about being a financial advisor was it the compliance elements of it the um and all the red tape and bureaucracy or or, or was it something else number of things partly i'd done my time mm-hmm. I, I wanted another challenge i really enjoyed developing the business marketing the business creating new opportunities i didn't enjoy as much the implementation of those opportunities i guess the red tape the, the paperwork as you as you spoke about so much of it was just it was time for a new challenge it was time to do something different and i suppose if you enjoyed the the marketing and the business development element of running a financial advisor firm it absolutely made sense that eventually having been in a marketing role in another organization that one day you would effectively want to dis- to develop your own marketing agency and i guess it made sense for financial services to be the target of your of your new venture was that a done deal though when you started off or did you think about just becoming a general marketing agency so i didn't move straight into yardstick from being an advisor mm. uh, yardstick has only been going since january 26 2017 right. Um, so we've only been going for just over over a year. So it was time for me to it was time for me to do something different. I wanted to do something that I enjoy. Life's too short not to be doing things that you enjoy. Mm. And I'm a big believer in the fact that businesses will flourish and grow more rapidly and grow into more sustainable business if you enjoy what you're doing. You're not going to come into the office at six o'clock every morning and stay till seven o'clock if you're not enjoying it and you're not getting satisfaction. You're going to build a better business if you do, uh, if you do enjoy it. So for me, it was it was the opportunity to really focus on what I what I enjoy. When it came to starting the Arctic Agency, the first decision I made was to back in, um, when was it, 2016, uh, late 2016, the first decision I made was to, to, to move back to Nottingham or to, to work back in Nottingham. Living in Nottingham, working in Nutsford and around the country was a great place to work at Sense, but the, the travelling was getting a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I made the decision to come back to Nottingham, you kind of look around and think, what do you want to do? I don't make the greatest employee in the world. So um, that was probably out. So I knew I needed to do something for myself. And I'd really got three aims. I knew that many advisors and planners weren't, with some notable exceptions, they weren't great at marketing their business. I also know that financial advice and financial planning really benefits the people who receive it. Um, so much so that Sarah, my wife and I, and Sarah is a a financial planner. Sarah and my wife and I, we have our own financial planner. Mm -hmm. We use Tom Morris and the team down at Ovation Finance. So we put our money where our mouth is. We we absolutely know the benefits of financial planning. And one of the things I wanted to do was get that across to the general public and help advisors and planners market their business. Mm. And then the third thing, I'm a Nottingham lad. I wanted to come back to Nottingham and I wanted to create opportunities for all people in Nottingham. Mm-hmm. And luckily so far, we've, we've created eight jobs for eight great people. 
That's fantastic. And, and and again, it's interesting. It is a topic that comes up all the time that advisors aren't that good at marketing their business. And, and sometimes people say that almost as if it's a criticism, but why should they be? They're financial advisors. They give financial advice. If you need to market your business, and we do all need to market our business, then in the same way as you'd go and get, you'd go to a financial advisor to get a financial advice, why wouldn't you go to an expert to help with your marketing? So you've effectively create you you've effectively fulfilled that need. I, I do get a little bit cross when I do when I hear people say that financial advisors aren't that good at marketing their business. But what you're doing is you're fulfilling the need that is created. And you know you could be a you could be a garage mechanic or a florist, and you're not necessarily good at marketing your business. And there's no problem at all in asking for help. Completely, there's that old saying, isn't it? Only do what only you can do. Mm. And financial advisors, financial planners will outsource many things. Power planning is a is a good example. Mm. Marketing is a, is another good example. Maybe because they don't have the time, the energy, the inclination, the skills, whatever the reason being. Outsourcing has has some huge benefit. There are some really good examples of advisors and planners who market their businesses really well. Mm. Pete Matthews brings to mind, Martin Bamford brings to mind, and there's, there's others as well. Um, but I suspect they really enjoy it. Whereas a lot of advisors and planners, the thought of recording a podcast, writing a blog, it would send shivers down their spine. <laughs> Absolutely. And spending money on advertising or some elements of promotion as well is just something that is not something that they're used to doing. Um, yeah, agreed. I've just got off a call with a, cli- with, a, with a client who is actually spending a bit of money on advertising. But I think the conversations we've had with them have given him the confidence to, to place that local ad. Mm-hmm. And it isn't actually an ad. It's more of an editorial and he'll write blogs, add some value, demonstrate his expertise, etc. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's often just about getting that second opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as it is about implementing whatever it is we recommend. And one of the things that I often go on about on the Marketing and Finance podcast, of course, is that marketing isn't just about communication. It isn't just about promotion. It isn't just about content. Obviously, marketing involves identifying the customer and understanding what the needs of the customer are, is and are, and creating a product or a service to fulfill and meet that customer need. So are, are, do you find that you're doing quite a lot of that as well with your advisor clients to work out exactly who their target market is? Every single one of them. Yeah. You can't start marketing your business until you know who your target market is. Yeah. How can you do it? And you need to know everything you possibly can do about your niche and or your target market. The the temptation is when you sit down with an advisor, when you say, well, okay, well, who is your who is your target market? Occasionally you'll hear, well, anybody. Anybody, anybody that's got anybody that's got more than a hundred thousand. Okay. Any male start, between twenty five and fifty five will do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's fine to have more than one niche or more than one target market. But unless you are a true expert in that niche. And I mean that from a knowing that niche perspective and also a technical perspective. Um, you can't start marketing, marketing to them. You can't start advising to them, etc. Really early in our relationship with clients and the firms we work with, we want to understand 
on who's your target market, how much you know about them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's hugely important. This is so refreshing to hear, Phil, because obviously I, I, I work with people as well, sometimes in financial services, sometimes in other industries. And I think that these days it is the fact that the first conversation that we'll, we'll have will often be, I need to be doing something on Twitter, or I need to be doing blogs, or I need to be doing video. And I'll always say, no, 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 let's start with the absolute basics. Let's go back to the strategy. Who's your customer? What's their problem? How do you meet their pro- How do you solve their problem better than anybody else? And I do admit that sometimes people's eyes glaze over a bit and they say, well, I want to, I want to do the communication. I want to do marketing. And, and you have to take them through that whole process that before you can dive into the tactics of communication, you've actually got to do all the client stuff and all the strategy. And I think once they get that, they obviously realize how much more powerful it can be. But I think that in the modern world that we live in at the moment, where communication is becoming such a massive deal with all this digital technology we carry around on our in our pockets, on our phones and tablets, that some people are of the opinion that marketing is just about the communication. And I think that that's a bit of a problem. Completely. Unless you know your target market, how do you know what to say and how to say it to them? We've had people um, speak, uh, come to us and said, uh, I can think of two. Uh, we need to be on Twitter. Okay, why? I don't know. We just do. <laughs> yeah. um, and you've got to take it really back to basics and try and understand, well, what do you actually need? And for a lot of our clients, it's a, it's a steady flow of new inquiries of the right type. Mm. But then it's talking about, as you say, target markets, knowing them intimately. But how many inquiries do you need? What are your conversion rate? If you're only converting one in 10 inquiries, there's a problem there that needs to be worked on. Yeah. If you're if you're converting 50%, then fantastic. We don't need to, you don't need to spend so much money on your marketing because you don't need so many inquiries. But you need this fundamental basic information before you can start putting, putting a strategy to, together. I often liken it to, there's a lot of analogies between what we do in marketing and what financial planners do. Mm-hmm. And I'll often use the analogy, well, if somebody rung you up and said, I need a SIP, would they walk out the door at the end of the financial planning with a process with a SIP? They might do. There's as good a chance they walk out with something else mm-hmm. or nothing at all, but they will walk out with a financial strategy to achieve their goals. That's the same with us. Um, someone rings up and says, we need Twitter. Well, you might do, but let's have a conversation and decide whether you actually do or not and start taking a more strategic approach than putting a a tactic in place before you have that strategy in place. So you made the decision to start the Yardstick Agency. What were the first things that you did to start to build the business? And as you say, you've now, <laughs> now got uh, a, a quite a big team building up behind you. Um, I guess the first decision we took was that we were going to specialise completely in financial services. Right. So this was a, as with most things, I guess, the idea had been bubbling away for, for a while. The romantic soul that I am, I finally took the plunge uh, I made the decision with my wife on our honeymoon in Venice in the middle of 20, 2016. And as she sat by the hotel swimming pool, I was writing out on the back of a, not quite the back of a cigarette packet, but our my, my little business plan. Yeah. We, we continued the honeymoon. I came back and started really mapping that out into more detail as to what I wanted to what I wanted to do and, and what I wanted to create. As I say, I knew I wanted to base myself in Nottingham, knew I wasn't going to make a great employee for anybody. I knew we'd got the three the three things that we wanted to achieve, which is help advisors and planners with their marketing, approve awareness of the value of advice and create opportunities in Nottingham. So I spoke to a few people in the profession who I like, admire, whose opinions I value. Um, I remember speaking to 
Peter Adcock, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Stewart, Chris Bud, and, and a few others. And they were all very encouraging. I managed to get a couple of those guys on board as, as clients as well. So we started the business with, I think, six clients. And I spent the last many evenings and weekends at the end of 2016, designing, building, writing the Yardstick website. Mm-hmm. And we launched um, 10th of January, 2017. Launched with a handful of clients, as I say. Um, and luckily, the phone started ringing pretty much immediately and has steadily continued since then. It's fantastic growth for just really what is over, just over a year, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. Um, 10th of January 2017 to where we are now. So we've gone, we've done five quarters. And over that time, we have, I totted it up this morning uh, for this for this podcast. Uh, we've worked with 79 clients. We've had 140 new inquiries and worked with 79. What would you say the biggest challenge was setting up this business in in, in such a short amount of time? finding the right people yeah i knew that i didn't want to be a a shepherd of freelancers Mm -hmm. i wanted to create jobs create opportunities in nottingham and we worked with some great people and they they wouldn't be on the dole with if i hadn't offered them a job they'd 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 walk into most other agencies and i'm lucky to have them but i knew i wanted to create opportunities in nottingham and didn't want as i say to be that shepherd of freelancers Mm -hmm. so everybody works here in the in the office but it was finding those right people we got two key hires right straight away um, Dan Campbell, who works on design and, and content and is mm-hmm. head of design and content, and Michael Rose, who's head of des- uh, website design and development. Mm-hmm. And those guys have been with me from the start. We started in a coffee shop, moved to a small room, moved to a slightly bigger room, and now I've moved to two rooms. And then we pulled people in underneath. But the biggest challenge was finding those those people. And did you make any mistakes along the way? Huge number of mistakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> who doesn't? What mistakes have we made? Managing growth is always a challenge. Mm. I have financial services experience. The other guys have agency experience. So we can we can learn off each other. But managing growth was always a challenge. Trying to please all the people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, soon realized we weren't, we weren't going we to play that game. In terms of charging, understanding our value and understanding what the market was prepared to pay. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes it's fine if someone says you're too expensive. In many ways, if you are... If nobody is questioning your pricing, then your pricing is probably probably wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've made loads of mistakes along the way. I like to think we've got plenty of things right as well, but we will will continue to. Um, it's just learning from those mistakes and, and trying to cut down on them. What's the process you take a client through once they start to work with you? Now, we've already talked about identifying customer needs and that sort of thing, but that's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, so I, we have... There's a couple of ways people can work with us on an initial basis. The first is strategically, in the same way that a financial planner will write the financial plan for the client, mm-hmm. we will write a, a marketing strategy for that mm-hmm. for that client. Um, the financial planner will charge the financial plan, we charge for the, for the marketing strategy. Yeah, But it's a comprehensive document that tells them, starts by looking at their the goals they've got for their business, then looks at, well, what are they doing so far to... Uh, fulfill those goals mm-hmm. uh, from a from a marketing perspective. What's going well? What's not? Uh, what they need to change? And it ends up with a a strategy for achieving their goals. If that planner's writing the the financial plan for the client, they will obviously offer the opportunity to implement those recommendations, yep. and we do the same. Um, so those recommendations are generally broken down into things that we could implement or things that the planner will be better implementing internally if they have some resource internally, and yeah. often they do. And then the financial planner will offer an ongoing service and we offer that ongoing service as well. So there's a real synergy with how they work with their clients 
strategy implementation ongoing to the way we work with a lot of our clients, Mm -hmm. strategy implementation and ongoing. So that's one way of working with us. The other is for people who come to us and say, actually, we think we know what the problem is. We just need X, Y, Z. So that might be a new startup business where actually what they need is brand development, complete branding projects across all every aspect of their business, new websites, directory profiles, the whole the whole shooting match yeah. uh, for, for new start businesses. And those projects are a lot of fun. Or it might be actually pretty much everything's okay, but our website's rubbish. Mm-hmm. Can you do something about about that? So you've got you've got strategy, you've got kind of everything together for new start businesses, and then you've got what we call the pick and mix approach. And you you do quite a lot of promotion for Yardstick Agency yourself. Obviously you're a business. You've got to market your own business as well. You're quite prolific on on Twitter. Uh, you write a regular column for Money Marketing magazine. What else have you done to raise the profile of the Yardstick Agency brand? I'm glad you think we do a lot. I don't think we do that much. <laughs> um, I'm Big believer in inbound marketing. The thought mm-hmm. of picking the phone up and making cold calls. I did it for about two months in 1995 before I joined financial services, and that was enough. Um, so I've got no desire to be doing that. Our view is simply that if we built profile, both for me, but more importantly for the business, yeah. demonstrated our expertise in the niche, added value by giving away a load of free stuff, um, we've got a free resources section on our website with checklists, etc., and making sure the right people saw all that sort of stuff, we would the phone would ring with, with no inquiries and touch wood, that's happened. So we do, we've got the website and we've just made a few tweaks to that website. There'll be some more stuff coming online next week, actually. So that we, it was important we got that right first of all. Uh, we write a weekly blog um, that goes out consistently 7.30 every Friday morning. Um, we've never missed one yet and I don't intend to. Um, and those blogs are generally reasonably practical in nature. Sometimes they're a bit more thought leadership standing on my soapbox ranting mm-hmm. but generally speaking they're reasonably practical um, so that goes out every friday morning at 7 30 you're right i'd spend quite a bit of time on twitter get more out of twitter than i do linkedin mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's more reflection of the fact that i put a bit more heart and soul in twitter than i do linkedin i find linkedin a little bit soulless sometimes i write occasionally in the press so we've got the monthly column in money money marketing and um we're, we're doing more press stuff the odd podcast uh, with people like your good self and that's about it mm. but it seems to be enough and a lot of those tactics are tactics i used at sense network and a lot of those tactics are what we use for for the clients that we that we work with and of course it's classic content marketing it's not in your face grabbing you by the scruff of the neck saying buy our stuff it is helpful practical stuff that people want to engage with people want Com- to download. completely and that's an interesting point because occasionally we do want to get out a bit of a sales message mm. and i'm always nervous about grabbing people by the neck as you say and saying this is what this is what we do but i think you to a degree earn the right to that to do that periodically if you have given a load of other added value stuff in the meantime in the meantime anyway absolutely um, take our unbiased webinars we're doing we're sort of dipping our toe into the, the webinar world um, we've done one on getting the best from unbiased and we've got another one coming up. Um, and I think if you give somebody an hour of your time for free, and really add value, then a two minute section at the end talking about what you do and how you charge for it, I don't think is too much to, to ask. 
Absolutely agree. Um, but it is getting that balance right. And you're right, the majority, the vast, vast majority of what we do is is content-based inbound marketing. What would you say was the one big thing that you've learned from building the Artistic Agency, indeed throughout the whole of your career, that you'd like the, the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from your experiences to date? I thought long and hard about this. I knew you were going to ask me. And I thought long and hard about this. And I'm going to have two. The first is enjoyment. You've mm-hmm. got to enjoy what you do. I love getting in the office really early in the morning. I tend to be in at about six. And that includes a Saturday morning as well often. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really enjoy doing what we what we do. Now, that's not mean I'm, mean I'm some sort of strange individual who permanently walks around <laughs> with a smile on my face. There are times when I'm tearing my hair out. But on the whole, I really, really enjoy what, what we do. Um, so I think that's the first one. If you don't enjoy what you do, whether it's in employment or running a business, then then try and change it. Um, it isn't always easy to, to change things, um, but just try. Um, and then the second is to have a belief that what you're doing is, is making a difference. We are not at Yardstick saving lives. We're not nurses, surgeons, firemen, et cetera, et cetera. But I do like to think what we do makes a difference to the people and the clients we work with and helps them build a more a more successful business. I like those two, Phil, I do. As we head towards the end of our conversation, I always like to introduce um, a wider perspective to our discussions on the podcast. So is there a marketing campaign, or it could be a product or something that's caught your attention? It doesn't need to be in financial services, actually. It could be anywhere. Something that's caught your attention in the last year or so and made you really sit up and think, yep, yeah, I like the way they've done that, or I like that. I will stick with financial services. But for me, it's the way, the way our profession is more willing to share and give back than I think at almost any time I've known it in the past 23 years. Mm-hmm. Some examples that immediately spring to mind... Um, Humans Under Management from Andy Hart, yeah. Back to Wife from Paul Armson, Science of Retirement from, from Abraham Okasania, the work the Next Gen team are doing, the work Martin Stewart's doing with the Advisor Alliance. I'm sure these people could be making more money by focusing on their day job, focusing what they do hour to hour, day to day. But they've got off their backside and arranged these great events uh, and promoting the sh- and sharing of, of good ideas amongst their peers. It's fantastic to see, and it's it's happening in the B two B B two C space as well, with the likes of Chris Bird, Iona Bain, Al Rush, Darren Cook, Jason Butler, all doing really good things for different individual causes. Whether it's promoting financial well being, helping um, millennials understand money, the good stuff Al did around British Steel, Darren and um, the Van Cole calling. I just think that it's the it's the desire to help. Um, that I think is really, really admirable, for want of a better expression. Agreed. And quite a lot of those people you've name-dropped there have been on the Marketing and Finance podcast, and their stories are just as fascinating as yours. Phil, is there a business book that you quite like to recommend to the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast? How to Win Friends and Influence People is always a, a, go-to, a go-to book. It's a, when was it written? 20s, 30s? But it's as, it's as relevant today, even in this digital social media area as it was because it's just fundamental basics about how to interact with people i, I love that book really enjoy uh black box thinking by matthew said mm-hmm. i've read that a few times now and got it on the um on the old phone to listen to in the car and then something slightly left field how to get rich by felix dennis right and uh, felix dennis at various points in his life he's dead now sadly but at various points in his life owned 
magazines and including Viz, I think, back in the day. And just get past the title because the title isn't reflective of the book itself. But it's a series of very short stories and um, anecdotes by Felix Dennis, who was just was a fantastic raconteur. Great book, and I highly recommend it to anybody. So it would be those three, I think. Fantastic. Phil, I'm hoping that a lot of people listening to the show are going to want to get in touch with you. So what's the best way that they should connect? A um, couple of ways, really. Visit the website. That's theyardstickagency.co.uk. All our contact details are on there and a myriad of ways of getting in touch. And on Twitter, at philbray73, which rather gives away my age. <laughs> what, that you're 73? <laughs> child of the 70s <laughs> and i'll include links to those contact details in the show notes of the podcast which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash maf that's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash maf phil it's been great to talk to you this morning lots of really common ground between your business philosophy and my business philosophy lots of interesting chat about marketing content and strategy thanks for coming on the show And I'm sure we'll catch up in person at some financial services event in the very near future. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and books and topics we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.